episode of the HRL Touch Em All podcast. It's been a while, Sanchez. It's been almost two months now, two, three months. Uh, yeah, it has been quite some time. We really took the off season to heart. Yes, we. I think we both needed a break for sure. <laughs> uh, a little bit from the wiffle ball content, but we're back here. Uh, a little later than what we expected. Uh, we were going to talk about the banquet last week. We were going to have our episode drop last week and whatnot, but uh, life got in the way. So uh, we're doing it now, and now you're going to be hearing us maybe one more time before the banquet, or not the banquet, uh, the winter meeting. Yeah. But <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't know how many <laughs> banquets I can plan for the league in a year uh one might be the limit your banquet went phenomenally but we'll get into that a little later but uh let's get right into our question of the week and the question of the week was because of your banquet if we were to open up a brewery with a smokehouse um sanchez smoke meats (laughs) what would be some names of the beers that we would be creating yeah, so I've thought about this one for a while because you you threw this question at me a little earlier so I could prepare, which was nice. Um, and so you have this idea of like, oh, okay, is it just going to be like baseball slash wiffle ball theme names where it's like, oh, hit a double IPA or whatever it is. Uh, or is it going to be HRL related? So I tried to come up with more HRL specific names. Um, and I have a bunch. So I don't know if you just want to go back and forth with this or you just want me to rattle off a bunch that I came up with and you just tell me what the winners are. Yeah, I, I got six myself. So depending <laughs> on how many you have, I don't know how many you have. I have like 10. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> we, we let, Let's go every other then. Okay, okay. So uh, credit goes out to my wife for the first one because I, I was bouncing this off at her at dinner tonight. And uh, she said um, Sanchez Sour or Sour Sanchez would have to be one because of my personality. And uh, I couldn't argue with her about that one. I mean, kind of. Because I, I definitely can be sour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely on the field for sure. <laughs> yeah. Kmart would not argue that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna stick with the Sanchez theme. It would be the Sanchez <laughs> says Seltzer series. Yeah, Sanchez says Seltzer. That's nice. I like yeah. that. Oh, I tried to come up with an idea of like it's not where it lands. It's where it goes over, but it got to be too much. Um. All right. So our Radler series would have to be named after Rocket, just because that's classic. You know, Rocket Radlers. Okay. So those for those who don't know, a Radler is where you have like a house made um, soda. And you mix it with uh, usually a half and half mixture with a lighter beer, like a, a wheat beer or a Pilsner or a, a kind of a, a highly carbonated lager type things like that. So you, you call them Rattlers. And, it, you know, the the soda brings out the most flavor. So your soda might be like a house um, grapefruit soda, but you mix it with this light beer and it just gives it another level. So that would be our Rocket Rattler series. Nice, nice. My next one is the Peanuts, Nuts, Nuts Porter. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're very much sticking with uh, ourselves or teammates. That's good. Or former well, I teammates. Mean, I mean, it, it, that, that was a combination of Peanut and then also the Lug Nuts. Yeah, yeah, no, that's so, good. Nuts, Nuts, Nuts. Yeah, I was um, definitely more on the HRL side of naming things. Oh, for sure. All right, so I have one here. My next one is a uh, IPA, 
I don't know why it's an IPA. You could probably name any type of beer behind it, but IPA always seems to go well with names, but uh, it's very HRL specific and not a person. It's the over the line IPA because our hits have to go over the line, but it also could be a call out to uh, um, the big Lebowski movie because there's the big over the line comment there that you've never seen. Okay. Okay. Also, um, the feud that happened this last year with the rubber ducks and the rumble ponies. Yeah, yeah. Or I guess it should be on the line IPA or hit the line IPA. Maybe we need to figure it's, that one out. It's line. It's line. <laughs> it's line. <laughs> yeah, hits the line hazy IPA. There you go. Um, my next one is the Palpatine pills. Oh, I like that one. Palpatine pills, good. Um, this one is just kind of baseball related. If we were running out of names or ideas, it would be like the strikeout looking lager. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back to back on this one. Go Here's another it. HRL heavy one. Um, the Wiffelweizen. Okay. Instead of the Hefeweizen, we've got the Wiffelweizen. Okay. I, I, I'll back that with the one that I had for the Hefeweizen. I had the Huck Finn Hefe. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll see your Huck Finn Hefe, Hefe and I will uh, raise you a Maybach. A Maybach Mippy. Okay. I didn't even think about <laughs> Maybach, honestly. That that works. I uh back in my ten whiskers days, I feel like we're rushing through, which is fine because no one really cares about no, this as much no. as Wiffle Ball. <laughs> uh back in my ten whiskers days, uh we were signed up at one of the beer dabblers. I think it was the Pride Dabbler, and you were teamed up with a food truck a lot of times. And then the next year we were teamed up with like this, uh, you know, a personality that was in the pride community and, um, us being like the nerdy science group, they picked, um, the guy from star Trek, uh, uh, Sulu. And, uh, he, he's the guy that had kind of the catchphrase. Oh my. And George Shakai. And so we came up with the name, we made a my and we made the, Oh my Okay. So, yeah, that's my experience actually naming beers. So, right. sorry, bad <laughs> story. <laughs> that that re- that's going to resonate with about two and a half of our listeners. <laughs> if this isn't part of our lineup, then we should just be not brewing beer. But we have to have a Wifftoberfest. I have a Wifftoberfest written down. All right, look at that. I also have a Wifflepalooza Pilsner. Okay. In my lineup. Okay. I like it. And then I have one last one. Do you have any more? I got one more. Yep. You want to go or you want me to? Yep. I'll do it. I got the right. hop leaner. Oh, nice. I like that. Um, my last one is uh, the Yankees kind of hazy IPA. I get it. Okay. That's, that's good. There you go. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's, it's a little deep. It's yeah. not so subtle, but. Deep cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah. I'm I'm probably more impressed with myself over that one than I should be, but <laughs> I was happy with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to the banquet that uh, you right. organized <laughs> with uh, Eddie Bauer, and might I say I think it went fantastically, and I really hope that this becomes a regular thing for the end of the year. I think it went well. I think the hype was there for everybody. I think everybody kind of liked the idea of the awards being announced in person with everybody else around, opposed to just on Twitter or looking it up on the website. 
Um, what were your thoughts about it, seeing that you kind of had the uh, looking at it from a different perspective than most people? Sure. Well, well first off, thank you. I'm glad to hear that uh, that you thought it was successful. Um, I do agree. Uh, I was just kind of going back today and thinking about it a little bit more. And the idea of the awards in particular in person means a little bit more. Uh, because you you can see something announced on the website or through an email blast or through Twitter, and you know you forget it pretty quickly. Like you have to eventually go back. But if you're in person where someone gets announced, you know, like oh, yellow slammer, earbud, air, you know, that kind of sticks with you a little bit more. You know, and especially if you're the person receiving the award, I think it makes it a little more special that you're receiving it. Like yeah, you know, yeah, we had little printouts and we got a handshake kind of photo, but even that. It means a little bit more than to to accept it in front of your peers, you know, the guys who you're playing with. I think that that kind of escalated it, but um, yeah, it was a lot of work uh, to get the banquet thrown together. I won't say that it wasn't worth it because it was. I I loved it. It was high intensity the night of trying to get everything going and through. Um, but yeah, it was the first of what I hope will be an annual event. Uh, my vision for the future includes inviting more and more people, getting it bigger, um, the plus ones from the HRL side, and really doing an extension and a reach out to all the um, the legacy players, as I refer to them. So those of you who didn't know, like uh, Dirty Steve showed up and he had played for you know the Gothams, the Red Sox, and the Twins. He he was a legacy player that had previously retired. Uh, Ski and Madman from the Expos from way back in the day, they showed up and, you know, ate with us and they had to leave early. Uh, Ski's a airport cop. So he works like a, a 4 a.m. or 6 a.m. shift. So they had to get going pretty quickly. But my idea is that these, these veterans will come back and visit and this will, you know, be their way to, you know, keep in touch with us or maybe even, you know, come back someday. But, uh, yeah, it, I, I think it went well. We had the shift in the location last minute, which I uh, went as well as you could ex- you could hope for. Um, I was worried people wouldn't get the word out and that they might show up at the wrong spot. But um, everything and everyone I talked to seemed to, it went pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And I know that we were discussing that about potentially still using Bald Man with trying to figure out how to use their outdoor space or whatnot, but... Uh, moving over to Lake Monster was good. Lake Monster, yeah, and, yeah it was Lake Monster, okay, yeah. and uh, it, and this was, and I want to stress to everyone that this was nothing against Baldman Brewing. It just turned out that we, when we initially signed up with them, we we signed up for a smaller room with the idea that we we thought we kind of had the secondary room on tap if we needed it. And by the time we knew we needed it, it was kind of late in the game. And so we contacted them and they had already rented it out, which, you know, they got to do what they got to do because right. you know, they're trying to make money too. Yeah. So we, we didn't have the space we thought we would need. And the closer we looked at it, we're kind of thinking like this, just it's, it was going to be really hard to figure out. Um, so we talked with them and they were just fine with like, you know, shifting our reservation down the line, maybe for the winter meeting and letting us go our own way. So that was very cool of them. 
Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, yeah, so kind of last minute, I, I reached out to several other breweries and other places that I knew of that had private event um, capabilities. And uh, Lake Monster was the first one that got back to me within like nine, 10 hours. And they said, like, yeah, we're all for it. We've got an event ending at six o'clock. You've got it for the rest of the night. If you want it, just let us know. And, yeah, the rest is history. We got in there. I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah. I will say shout out to the cooks. That was a phenomenal dinner. That was really good. I think you guys had a lot of leftovers, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) I completely overestimated how much food we would need. And I... (sighs) I made it more difficult than it needed to be. And some folks who stuck around later after the evening was kind of winding down were just like, you just need to simplify it, dude. And I I did think I thought I simplified it when we went like the three meat combo. But um, we had uh, at least two pork butts we didn't even touch. I don't even think we ever got to Nightmare's pork butts that he smoked. Um, and I had 11 racks of ribs left over. Ooh. Yeah, and that was that was a lot of ribs. So yeah. we we gave we gave some to the um, the staff that were working at Lake Monster, and then the okay. cooks split the rest of them. So awesome. I I still have a couple of full racks in my freezer, ready to defrost <laughs> and heat up when I want them. But uh, well, actually, I have I just defrosted another rack not too long ago, so I have some in my fridge too. So I I don't know that I'll be needing ribs anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about a little bit that happened before the awards. Uh, the Polar Plunge and the NWLA tournament were mentioned. Uh, the Polar Plunge, obviously, it's our annual thing. I can't remember how long it's been that they've been doing this for, but uh, this, uh, I think, ten years. I believe they had talked about this was like the tenth, ten year anniversary. Either they've done it ten years, or this will be the tenth, something okay. like that. Okay, but anyways, yeah, we got some things potentially planned for that, so be on the lookout for that i will say support anybody that's doing it so um even if it's a dollar doesn't matter um just go and drop it into their their bank uh it's at polarplunge.org i want to say um and yeah it's a good time if you if you want to be part of it go sign up it's a lot of fun we usually meet up in the morning have breakfast or lunch or whatever it is get a bus ride down there and then by the time that we're there we, we get changed within like five, 10 minutes, jump in, get out, and we're done. I mean, it, it, it's a fun time. Yeah, and I had done it several years myself. Um, and for anyone who's kind of on the fence who thinks like, oh, you don't recover, you, you do. Um, in fact, I can still remember the first year Vladdy and I were near each other and we dove in. And the two curmudgeons that we are, we complained and bitched and moaned about it up until the point we did it, then we got out. Our adrenaline kicked in so hard and heavy that we were shaking. But once like the shakes quit, we looked at each other and like, well, I would do that again. If the <laughs> wine wasn't so long and they let us jump again, I would do it again. And we were being honest. Like it, there was no sarcasm. There was no joking in our voices. It was seriously like, it's a cool rush that you should experience at least once in your life. And if you do it, you'll probably want to do it a couple more times. Yeah. So I, I think I've done it four or five times. Uh, I do not have the Iron Man record that um, Eddie Bauer and Kmart have, uh, or that you even stash are on. You seem to be on quite the record. 
Uh, I missed last you're, you're, you're building up your streak. Yeah, I, oh, I, I missed okay. last year's, but I did go dip. I saw crunch. you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I saw this very awkward video of you laying down in a creek in like Colorado or something. It was. Yep. Yep. I couldn't make it. So I decided to do it myself. <laughs> It was that's very noble of you because uh, I know Fadog one time raised money, but he couldn't make it, and I don't recall him dipping his toes even into a a little stream. But uh, you you went above and beyond there. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the stream was going to be a lot uh, deeper. <laughs> uh, it, it was not. It was ankled high, <laughs> so a uh, little bit shocking <laughs> there. <laughs> you made the best of it. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I will say. If you do come out, I can make my own uh, bathroom hooch, bathtub hooch, I, was I think gonna... is what it was dubbed. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it definitely helps warm you up. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I brought a bottle uh, on the bus ride down. We finished it yeah. as a group. Uh, oh, yeah, sure, liter. sure. Serpentine. Yeah, yeah full leader. Yeah, serpentine it back and forth. Everybody's just like, what is this? I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> yeah, no. If I tell you. you drink you too know. much and go blind. Yeah. <laughs> No, I actually was getting uh, some text messages from an unknown, an unnamed whiffler last night that about your hooch, <laughs> that you might you might bring it on some uh, uh, destination whiffles this summer if we're lucky. So uh, uh, that, that would be the perfect time to do it. Yeah, they, <laughs> the people out there might even have heard of it too, which is which would be amazing. All right, but I'm much more a uh, drink connoisseur who is will be dr- bringing a fancy cocktail versus uh, bathroom toilet wine. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> NWLA now, uh, we got the bid for 2024. Very exciting for us. Finally, we get an opportunity to showcase Minneapolis and the HRL. Um, we got a big, strong support group currently, which is great. Uh, we're currently in the process of choosing a location. So we're blasting out to a whole bunch of different locations, trying to figure out who could host us, how much it's going to cost, and all that different stuff. So um, that's where we're at currently. Uh, if you want to be part of it, reach out to WebGem, 2Bat, HuckFin, or me. Um, the more people that are involved, the better it is, easier that it is to help put the thing on. Uh, any ideas aren't bad ideas for this so um we definitely need help with that so reach out to us if you want to be part of that um i think we're yeah gonna put and, on a good show and not just the planning committee itself but keep in mind that down the road when this is getting closer they're likely going to need volunteers because I, I i if i recall they need field refs. They need people to like maybe even shuttle people back and forth from hotels that have been flying in from out of town, set up, tear down, all sorts of stuff. So there'll be plenty of opportunity for people to volunteer. Uh, so keep that in mind. And when the dates start getting out, just kind of hopefully we can have a lot of people earmark that and save the date so that they can be around just to even be runners help, you know, for whatever's needed. Right, right. Um, I did have a question about NWLA yep. in this bid. Um, how does one go about winning the bid? Like, did so, we have a group send out an official, like, do we have a grant writer in the group that yep. sent one out? So basically, WebGem's on the committee. Uh, he was mm-hmm. on the committee last year. And what if you want to put in a bid for hosting it, uh, you have to send in or fill out this application. Uh, Tubat, WebGem, Dan 
or Huck and I sat down together to fill it out to try to promote us a lot better. And so uh, all of the submissions are put in and the committee reviews them all. And then the committee chooses from there. All right, cool. And so we were able to win 2024. So hopefully. Well, I would we say we're well-deserving. We have been around for 20 years going on right. and uh, we've had hundreds of people playing the game almost every single year of those 20 years so uh we're obviously you know i toot our own horn toot toot but we are we are a powerhouse of the wiffle ball community whether we branch out nationally or not we are yeah yeah completely agree and then something else that was talked about at the banquet was potential rule changes i figure we we can go through those give our opinions on them sure um, the three main ones, uh, I, th- I think there's a couple other ones. I don't think Huck mentioned those ones, but I think the three main ones was lowering the pitch speed limit, uh, a bigger punishment for speed violations, and then the K zone being a catcher for plays at the plate. Um, any thoughts on the first one, the lowering the pitch speed limit? I assume this is referring to how the speed limit was kind of arbitrarily raised to 63 based off of some radar gun comparisons. Is that what we're talking about and how we wanted to lower it down to 60 or is this even lower? Uh, I think, well, I don't think anything was set in stone as to what the speed limit should be. Um, I, I did find some findings during the playoffs this last year that when I had the old gun and the new gun ra- radaring. Uh, the new gun usually read only one mile an hour faster than the old gun. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where that came into play for me. Um, but I, 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 I never knew where that 63 came from. I got my own story um, of how it yeah. came to be. But um, for me, I think it should be lowered down to at least 61 if we're going to be doing that, because from what I found. Whatever the reason it was for the 63, I that is what it is. I don't really need to dwell on it, but uh, I I am all for 60 mile an hour limit. Um, always have been for this league. Our league is a combo of hangout, feel good times, and competitive edge between the groups of people and they're the different clicks within the league, but we're like we said, a hundred plus people trying to all uh, whiffle together in harmony. So uh, I have always felt that uh, is this should be an offensive friendly league. It's called home run league HRL in case you hadn't heard uh, not pitching league. And while pitchers can thrive at 50 to 60 miles an hour um it just it gives the hitters a little bit more of an of a of an edge i guess in certain situations and i've never been a fan of and i know it doesn't happen all the time but i've never been a fan of the elite pitchers who can throw as hard as they can know, 60 70 miles an hour just jacking the speed up against a a lesser opponent because they either need the out or they don't want to look like they got shown up by someone they felt was a lesser opponent than them or, you know, lesser talent than them. So um, I know a lot of times, I don't know if you want to call it pitching down to an opponent happens where you, you know, if it, if it's, you know, you say you're facing the Braves, you pitch your, your, your third best pitcher and that's all good and fine. But uh, you know, 
you don't have to embarrass teams, but uh, yeah, Yeah. you know where I'm rambling towards. Yeah, I I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, It's the home run league. If you're a pitcher and you can't take being shelled, don't pitch. Yeah, yeah. If you you can't handle your ERA being over three, you probably don't shouldn't be a pitcher in this league. And and I get that story goes the same way that if you, you can't pitch well, you shouldn't pitch, but you know, the amount of elite pitchers in this league are a small percentage compared to how many people are batting every season. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, next one would be a bigger punishment for speed violations. Well, if you follow me on Twitter, you you know that my my punishments for speed violators has escalated over the the hours. Yeah. Even when I start tweeting, uh, no, I think there should be a punishment for a bigger punishment for speed violators because if it's a marginal punishment, it doesn't really deter anyone from doing it. It basically says, okay, let me get to like a, a two strike count, and then I'm going to start. testing the waters like i'm going to really ramp it up and see if i can sneak one by the radar gun because the radar guns are not 100 percent accurate every pitch right so you can probably sneak a you know 63 67 mile an hour riser by someone or a sinker or whatever it is so you're gonna you know say you get an 0-2 count and you really need the strike out you're gonna start towing the line and if if the punishment isn't gonna knock you out of the game or really be a detriment to your team who cares if if all it is is a ball? Well, you were throwing sixty five anyway, trying to get a strikeout. You know, you might not even hit the hit the board. Right. Who cares if it's a ball? My point is, like, if you throw a certain number over the speed limit in the game, yeah, you don't get to pitch the rest of that game. You don't get to pitch two more games for your team or whatever it is. Like, it, it should be enough to where no one wants to toe the line at the strike at the speed limit. I mean, and that's where. Yeah. For me, if we lower the speed limit, I don't think there there needs to be a bigger punishment. Uh, for me, the rules state, I think after your third one, it's an automatic walk, no matter the count, no matter the situation. And I don't think anybody follows that rule. Yeah, I don't so know that it's I, well followed either. Right, and so if we stick to that rule, then maybe pitchers will be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this because once they get to their third one, it's an automatic mm. walk, so they won't be towing the line as much. <laughs> And please clarify for me if you know, is that the third one of the game or is that the third one of the at-bat? The game. Oh, so you throw in a 1-0 count, you throw one over the speed limit, it's a walk. Right. If you're if you're up in the count 0-2 and you yeah. throw one over and you've already had your two or three warnings or whatever it is. Walk. It's a walk. Well, and that's also enforcement because we have some batters who will say, no, I don't want it. Right just give me the ball so yeah it it, it, it's a it's gonna be a culture change that's for sure right well so was the speed limit with the radar guns so yeah it's just gonna be on the people if you don't want people throwing over starting for well we also have to have the radar guns at every every field in my opinion if we want it to be taken seriously too otherwise it's kind of a moot point right and then the last one is the k zone being a catcher for plays at the plate. Um, nice. I, I'm for this. Um, I know that there needs to be a little bit of a rule tweaking to kind of understand the whole situation or whatnot, but I, I think that it would be good. 
I, I don't think needing to peg the runner. Obviously, you're going to have somebody there, but um, I think it helps with running into the board or potentially more collisions or injuries happening. So I, I think it would be a good idea to have this rule put in. So we're essentially, clarify the rule for me. We're essentially saying like at a play at the plate, someone's running home. They've rounded third. Yep. Uh, let's say the relay throw has come in from the outfield to the pitcher. The pitcher throws and hits the strike zone. Before the runner gets to home, yes. And that that counts as like, oh, the catcher caught the ball and tagged them out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that makes more sense the way than the way I initially read it, where I was thinking like, someone from your bench has to play catcher and if there's a play at the plate they have to pop out and i'm like oh to have someone actually pay attention for that one minute time it's gonna be tough but no no, this makes this makes more sense to me um i think it would definitely take some getting used to especially for the veteran guys who right because you're you're gonna have a lot of plays at the plate where a guy's just gonna still try to throw and peg the runner but um and and that's the other thing is that i i think there needs to be a committed line after third base where once the runner crosses that line they they excuse me they have to go home oh sure so you can't just say like oh i backed up yeah yeah or well i also one of the things that annoys me in our league is the the runners on first and third where you basically just tell the guy at third to keep running so that the runner at first can get to second because you know say the pitcher gets the ball in from the outfield the guy at third may not want to even score but like they run far enough so the throw comes in and then the guy from first takes the takes second base yeah. running yeah like i it it's nothing like baseball like you it, it only happens in baseball when there's an overthrow of the cutoff man but because we don't have cutoff men or enough you know, people in the field or enough people like yeah i can't have a well yeah it just, I don't know that we can change that, but uh, right. it's the, the ones that really bother me are the late, the late break ones where like the ball is basically in the pitcher's hand already and the guy from first runs because like, well, they figure if you throw at me or you come at me, the guy from third is just going to walk in and score. It's right. Like, All right. Like yeah. this is kind of against the spirit of the game, isn't it? Like yeah. you're taking advantage of a very minute case of circumstance, but yeah. Um, I can see the K zone working. Is that what we're calling it? The strikeout board, the K zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, but I'm yeah, we we'd have to iron it out. To yeah, I, I I think if we spray painted a line rounding third, like there definitely have to be some sort of rules and think about how like this or that, and then when it would come into play. Um, right. Versus just being like, okay, we're just going to throw at this board and. Because yeah, say you you throw at the board and the guy has enough time to stop and turn around, right? Well, no, you're out, dude. Yeah. Like you were obviously coming home. You can't just say like, no, I didn't mean it. I was trying to bait your throw at me. Right, but... exactly. And you missed the board, and now I get to go home. So yeah, so I I don't know how many times. Well, that's also we had a rule where we voted on one time was that if you're throwing at a runner, the ball can't hit the ground. Because I, ne- I never loved the idea that you could have this wild throw 
where you could spike the ball and bounce it up into the runner and it still counted as an out because to me that always felt like an errant throw like if we were trying to emulate mlb yeah you know the first baseman on a guy who randomly tries to go from second to third and whips it over to third he doesn't spike the ball trying to get it there he tries to throw it in the air and get it but um I know there are scoops and all that and one hops in baseball too. So yeah. it didn't pass either way, but um, I don't know. That one always felt weird to me that you could, you could spike a ball and, and you know, Hey, maybe this is a hint to the, everyone out there who's going to throw at a runner is, you know, fake the ball, fake the throw. So they jump in the air and then spike the ball on the ground where their feet might land. And if it doesn't hit their feet, it might bounce up into them. So you might get them out anyway. All right, and then let's move on to... It's a bad answer to your question, I know. <laughs> uh, the awards. Uh, anything jump out to you about any of the awards? Yeah, I didn't win Cy Wiffle. I want to know what's <laughs> up with that, Egan. Like, I, I thought we had a deal. Like, I'm um, looking at you, Bears and Lugnuts, with the giant rosters that could have swayed the entire vote. Um no, uh, no, yes, yes. Something did stand out to me. Uh, Syke won his fourth straight MVP, which is very impressive, and it's or his fourth MVP, which is very impressive. I am shocked at Hopkins for not voting Airbud for MVP. I'm right there with you. What Sy- did Syke? he not do? Sy- Syke is a great player. Don't get me wrong. Yes. He's, he's one of the greatest to probably play in the HRL currently. But yeah, what Airbud did? Are you kidding me? It was it it was the season like and you it like there's so many things behind Psych season that like yeah you you can say he he was great he and he was but he also had a Cy Wiffle winner on his team and Dumpy and he also had multi time MVP and Webjeb on his team and he had Yellow was Slammer, baby, baby face. yeah. He, well, and like babyface, y'all, like home run hitting babyface on his team. I'm sorry, Psych, but like the Aces didn't need any one of you four guys on the team. Like they, they would have been a big time winner if you subtracted any one of those players. Right. Airbud was the Chihuahuas this year. And yep. that to me is the MVP. Right. Um, I completely agree with you. I, I don't know. How happened? We how it happened? I I don't know. We can't see the votes currently, so we don't even know how yeah. close of a vote it was or whatnot. So, and I will reiterate: this does not take anything away from Evans' year and how well he was, how well he did, because he had a hell of a year. It was very good. But I mean, if you just as look we, at it, as you're we saying beforehand when we were talking about MVPs, yeah. most valuable player, Evan yeah. on his team. Uh, you take him away, he's not valuable. I mean, that team is still great. Yeah, they didn't live and die with Evans' right. play versus the Chihuahuas lived and died by Airbud. Right. And, like, even Airbud led in runs and home runs and RBIs. And the I won't mention sack flies because I think they got that <laughs> wrong. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I was I was happy to see Airbud at least get Yellow Slammer. Um, I know... Maybe it's just because I've won some yellow slammers that I feel like that that doesn't carry as much weight as like a side wiffle for some reason. Because I mean that's basically what it is: is the hitting side wiffle equivalent. But like people are like, ah, whatever. But like 
Yeah, I, I thought he should have been. Airbud should have been though. Yeah, the, I, I thought it was between Airbud and Nightmare, but... honestly. Um, with what Nightmare? Yeah, because you the take grasshoppers. You take Nightmare away from the grasshoppers. I don't know. I don't know what their record is. You know, right? Maybe exactly. it's better than I think, but. Uh, I don't know that they only have four losses. Right. I, I, I would assume smallpox would be more of a pitching role unless fish or cakes were able to figure out pitching right away. Yeah. And maybe that's another case of, and maybe this is a case where it did come true with, um, Oh yeah. You take any one of these guys out and they're still a good team, but uh, that that's the only one that really surprised me too much. Um, I guess, I was a little surprised that MVP came down to Epstein and Dr. Seuss being tied. We never had a tie before. That's awesome. But honestly, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't think we need to get too much into detail, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I agree with it. We can have a tie for MVP. Yeah. Sure. Um, but like uh, the Hopkins MVP, if, if you want to break it down, like, player versus player and stat versus stat yeah you can definitely make a case for any one player like nightmare or psych versus airbud but like for what they meant for their team i think right. it was just above and beyond that airbud uh was he was my choice yeah. yeah so other than that i don't think there was too many surprises no uh except for dumpy being kind of a sore winner at the the award ceremony he did not like your joke about the wind Nobody else did. But, uh, it was uh, very awkward when I said it, and <laughs> nobody did anything. I don't think people got it. Yeah, I don't think um, they did. Uh, not too many. Yeah, so you had to follow Twitter for that or Discord and hear all the talk about, like, oh, the wind was blowing in, the wind was blowing in it, all year. It's but, also uh, on podcast, too. <laughs> okay, well, I, I guess if lesson learned for us is that if you're going to hand out awards, just keep it to the keep it to the stats and keep it straightforward don't make jokes yeah make your jokes ahead of time yeah i i also made another joke that nobody quite understood either uh the yellow slander also also made on twitter and everybody's like you mean slammer i was like no no slander so (laughs) um no i mean like uh the only other one i was like i was happy to see scrabble get rookie of the year it was a pretty good night for him seeing his face up there with mvp too and all that so you know yeah that's pretty cool for a first year guy you know, right. to have those kind of accolades so yeah and uh i will keep on telling you you're welcome <laughs> well there's the combination of you you floating him our way which you know thank you very much um with the fact that you know it, <laughs> He apparently legitimately in high school was following HRL stats. And when, when Chops and I sat down with him for the meet and greet that one time, you know, he legitimately knew who we were. And I was just like looking at Chops. I'm like, is this for real? Like these people are out there who, who, who have followed us and know what we're doing. Like I always thought it'd be funny if I was out and about some night and like, someone with my wife you know and someone came up and be like sanchez home runs let's go and uh you know i always thought that'd be funny but then like to actually sit down and have a couple beers with the guys that was above and beyond so no he he's a great fit for us so yes thank you um we will move forward continuing to enjoy the uh, fruits of scrabble's labor awesome 
Yeah, and I think he's a great addition to the league. He's been awesome. His attitude's great. He's a great player. Oh, he's he's a good dude too. It's um, he fits his personality fits in pretty well with the Braves too. And yeah. you know, he, he's by far the youngest Brave, but uh, he's also a dad, and he he gets it with us. So. All right. All right, and I think our last one will be our our big announcement for next year for year twenty. Yeah, um, something we've been in the works with for a bit. You and I trying yeah. to get a destination wiffle HRL wiffle ball league uh, games going. The HRL is going on a road trip. Uh, we're going to Webster, South Dakota, to potentially play at Little Target Field. Um, our date is July fifteenth. Currently, yep. um, most of the details are all ironed out for the most part. Uh, we're just needing to find some teams to come with us. So we're looking for one to two teams. Um, it'll be for the weekend. Uh, we're going to be mainly playing our game threes. So if we get four teams out there, everybody will play everybody once. And that'll be all of our game threes. Um, yep. If there's only two or three of us out there, then we'll just play two of our game threes. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a great time. We've been talking with, um, the guy who created it. Awesome dude. Um, they're very connected with the MLB. Um, he has a lot of connections within, uh, the groundskeepers there within the MLB and then also within the twins too. So, um, I think it's going to be a great time. It's definitely small town. Uh, we're talking about 1800 people sized. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just outside. I mean, like I'll, I'll be very blunt with people. It's just outside an Indian reservation in South Dakota, four and a half hours away, a little town called Webster. Um, but the response we've gotten from the folks there has been nothing but positive um, and welcoming. Like uh, we, we, we've been talking about this for a while, Stash and I, about trying to get, rubber ducks the braves and a few other teams together for the you know, use up the extra games on a weekend series we've looked at duluth we've looked at uh, what was it camp lebanon yep. and uh this by far has been the most welcoming and the most like tell us what you need if there's other stuff we can offer let us know this will be cool for us and the fact that they have their own little mini target field or little target field with MLB backing, uh, for those who haven't heard, like the the Twins and the Royals have both helped fund this project. Um, you know, it's just pretty cool. So it's it's a bit of a drive, but uh, we get in. The idea is we'll get in. You know, evening on a Friday, play games all day Saturday, head home early Sunday. You know, just make a quick weekend of it, but. Uh, be a good time there's lakes around there um it's south dakota so there are got to be some casinos nearby i I guarantee it because uh south dakota if you've never road trip through it every gas station pretty much has slot machines well i mean it's It's, not it's a different world it's just (laughs) something to do for wiffle ball obviously not a lot of people travel for wiffle ball or whatnot but I, i thought this would be a great opportunity for year 20 to do something special and i thought this would be great braves being one of the og teams you guys bringing you along would be awesome if you guys can make it out there um i know for the main part the rubber ducks are in um so yeah if you guys are interested 
reach out to Sanchez or I. We'll give you the full details of everything. Um, the town does have Airbnbs, so don't worry about that. Uh, I don't know if there's any hotels, but they got motels if you want to do that. Yeah, it's more of a motel situation or like rent a cabin or, right. or Bear's Den lodging. He, he, uh, he definitely said that we could camp out at the field too. So if that's interesting for anybody, we oh. can do that. And that's my plan. I'm going to camp out on that field. I'm going to hit bombs. I'm going to camp out. I'm going to grill some food on my little Smoky Joe. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to hit some more bombs. And then I'm going to go home on Sunday. So, yeah, yeah. It, it should be a good time. And I hope that we can. Peanut, maybe you can get a couple singles and a walk. I don't know, man. There's no shot he's hitting one with that <laughs> tall fence. Oh, good God, no. Like, I'll be lucky if I can get Chops and uh, Handy Matt to come out when they, once they see that tall left field fence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it, it, we we would like to have at least four teams out there, have ourselves a good time, show them what the HRL is about, uh, maybe try to live stream the game so that people here can see what this is about. Maybe make it an annual trip. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. See how it goes. Well, and I mean, the guy has connections to the MLB too. They've talked about doing some stuff out at this place as well. Once he gets get all the the polish and shine on it, so you know, this could. It could eventually escalate into something bigger for the HRL with the Twins, too. So, I mean, that is that is like years down the road pipe right. dream. But, you right. know, who knows what it leads to. But, uh, yeah, sounds like a fun weekend to me. Yeah, I, I'm all for it. But you got anything else there than there, Sanchez? Are you drinking anything this week, Mr. Stash? I am not. I'm drinking water. Well, I'm carrying the load for both of us. I've got some Guinness in my cup. Uh, I had to have some beers while we talked about what we would name our beers yeah. for the brewery. So I will say that uh, beer that I posted in the beer channel is very good. Um, oh. The one from Fergus Falls. I have not seen it. All right. I'll uh, save you one. How about that? All right. It's a cream ale. That sounds good. We will. Uh, maybe we can get our next podcast down at Kmart's basement. Ooh. Do this one face to face. I'll do we're, we're overdue for a face-to-face pod. We are. We definitely are. With that, hopefully you get some good wiffle ball in at some point. Maybe re- re-watch the YouTube series, but uh, also to cold beer. Good friendships. And hopefully see you guys within a month. Thanks for listening. We can get carried away. We're freshly carried away.